I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, drain, <laughs> drain the life worth out of them. <laughs> Someone come drain me so I'm a Slim Jim, please. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the internet's number one fake history podcast, The Lore Boys here. Hi, I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me today is Peter O'Donoghue. Hi, I'm uh, number two host on the number one podcast. Dude, I got debated. That was my turn. I was supposed to go there. Yeah, I was expecting to get promoted. I was I was expecting Jamie to go when I said Peter O'Donoghue. I was like, okay, now it's Jamie's turn to go because I said Peter O'Donoghue, but we kind of bit, we biffed the landing and we've kind of kind of spoiled the surprise that with us today is also Jamie Miller. Hi, let's you know I don't know about this start. Let's just can it. <laughs> let's, can, let's give up on podcast. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I am in charge of the record button, and it is also my episode. So I kind of, kind of go gonna go ahead with it. I'm pretty happy with where things landed. Pete's in second place. Jamie looks like a fool. It's you know I, I where I want the <laughs> podcast to go for for our listeners. Essentially, it's Aww. our version of the Olympics that we're doing here on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Except for the fact we're all remote, so technically we are, uh, you know, smarter than my favorite name on the planet, Mister Dick Pound, uh, for the head <laughs> of the IOC. <laughs> <laughs> I was at, okay, not to get us off track already, but I was talking to someone at work today, and our email formats are something: our first letter and your first name, and then your last name. So for me, it would be Jim Miller. Right. Uh, there was someone with the last name Adcock, and started their name started with a B. Oh, so Badcock. Badcock a- at email.com. <laughs> a baby. That's uh, too bad. Very good for him. Very oh, good my God. Him. We had Sarah Lutz, too, which became... Uh, Sluts. Uh, Sluts. <laughs> oh, yikes. Huh? Yikes. Um, yeah, I'm at a Palmer. That's me. Yeah. That's Just Jim Miller. Pretty Miller easy over here. and a Palmer. Oh, Donahue. Mine's 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 legible. Poe but Donahue. I did see one guy in my in my uh, address book at work today. That's blored, which uh, made me laugh. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know who that is. I never will. When you're bloated and bored, you're bored. Yeah. You're bored. <laughs> <laughs> I am bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, geez, boy, we sure are starting at eight o'clock, which we don't normally do, and are clearly uh, already tired and a little half sauced, huh? Welcome, to, oh yeah, baby. welcome to our lore podcast, where we talk about the lore of email names. We also talk about Warhammer Fantasy, as you guys probably guessed from the title of this episode. Um, if you like this one or the things we talk about on it. We've done a whole bunch of Warhammer stuff. Uh, you can find links on the description, in the description, excuse me, which will take you to our website. Um, we've talked about orcs. We've talked about Skaven. We've talked about Space Marines, Tyranids, the Warp, the Eldar. And there's probably more to come, honestly. Some Sigmar. Of it, 
Sigmar. We did a, an entire trilogy on Sigmar Unbroken. Um, so, Ethan, you mentioned that they could probably guess what the episode is from the title, but have we ever tried to guess what the title is before? I'm going to say Clam Blood. I'm going to say that. <laughs> okay, Clam yeah. Blood. Right. Okay. Clam, yeah. Clam Blood's yeah. a, a strong front runner. Pete, what do you think? Yeah. Um, uh, don't bone the secretary, I think, because it's an undead guy this time. Uh, oh, that is bad. true. That is true. That is true. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I'll go ahead and say uh, too many cans in my sarcophagus. Uh, okay. Now we got to okay. try, yeah. try and get there. We got to try and get to clam blood. <laughs> got to get to don't bone the secretary and too many cans in my sarcophagus. Uh, and whether it's cans, the aluminum kind or cans as butts, that's for us to decide on our, oh, jour- on yeah. our journey there. Cans. <laughs> Cans, I would like to just posture Kansas slang for uh, tits as well or boobs. Okay. So it go either way. They get some flexibility with that joke after now that we've set it up. So, or earphones. Okay. I got uh, new uh, headphones today. These are yeah. my new cans. I, I call. Okay. I call uh, most tools in my toolbox. Hammer, pass me that can. Uh, <laughs> pliers, pass me them cans. Huh? Uh, just uh, step ladder. Uh, let me let me get up on that step can. Um, okay. Right, I refer right, to right. as cans. So we have a lot of flexibility to get there. If I'm being honest, perfect, perfect. perfect. <laughs> it's like the French equivalent of a patent. You just patent like that thing over there. Yeah, you know, exactly. Can. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we're we're a little off track, but we are talking about Warhammer today. Uh, just before we dive into it, uh, we will be doing our mailbag. I think we may have promised you guys next weekend, but it's actually going to be the weekend of the seventh, August seventh. Uh, on Saturday is what we're planning to do, and we're telling you guys now, not because we're confident that we can hit that date, but because we hope you guys will cancel all plans uh, to be there and then be hopelessly disappointed when we once again slip the date. Uh, no, in all seriousness, we'd, we'd love to do it, and that's the, the date that we're earmarking. So if you can make it to twitch.tv slash the lore boys on August 7th at an undetermined time, probably mid-afternoon, uh, maybe maybe early evening, something like that. Well, yeah, uh, EST. TBD. Yeah, time time TBD. Um, yeah, and EST. I guess is a, a also a good thing to say. If you're gonna say times, you might as well say time zones, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's uh. Let's jump in on it, huh? We're gonna be so today. You guys might remember from the last episode I did on the Skaven. Uh, a, a funny little scamp named Nagash. Now, if you haven't listened to the last episode, don't worry. You do not need any of it to enjoy this one. Honestly, you might even enjoy this one more. You might enjoy it less. Who knows? Uh, it's it's a crapshoot, honestly. But um, you don't need to listen to those ones. But if you like this one and you haven't listened to Skaven Part 3, then go listen to Skaven Part 1, then Skaven Part 2, because you need those two to understand 3. Uh, but you'll, you'll get a kick out of Skaven Part 3 if you listen to this episode as well. So, today's episode is going to begin in a beautiful and verdant crescent in the southern lands of the Old World. The name for the fantasy uh, Warhammer fantasy setting is the Old World, essentially. This is pre-Sigmar, right? Because if you listen to those episodes, you find out that the world is annihilated or something? Yeah, so we're... Uh, so, okay. So, I, I disclaimed this, I think, or, or clarified this on our first Skaven episode, maybe. Um... There was Warhammer Fantasy, uh, which mm-hmm. ran for a long, long time. Very recently, they've basically rebuilt it from the ground up, uh, and they call it Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Uh, and we detailed, uh, in, in the Sigmar trilogy, we detailed Sigmar who Sigmar was, and then we kind of went into 
the end of the fantasy world. And then the third episode was um, the basis for the Age of Sigmar, which is like an entire new fantasy realm. Everything, every other Warhammer fantasy we've talked about since then, I think has kept mainly to Warhammer fantasy. That said, like Warhammer Age of Sigmar has some differences, uh, but thematically, like all the races are the same. The Skaven are still the Skaven. There's not huge overhauls. It's just kind of the history of that world is much newer. Um, right. So we're going to be talking about Warhammer Fantasy, and this is, yes, before, we're going to start way before Sigmar was born. We're going to end way before Sigmar was even born, essentially. Okay. <clears throat> in the Fertile Crescent, which uh, is, was a real place in human history, in yeah. human civilization. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's, so this is the first human civilization. Uh, it's Warhammer's answer to ancient Egypt. So we're, we're going to fantasy Egypt today. Uh, okay. It's called Nehekara. Uh, it is a land of ancient gods and grandiose monuments to them. Exactly the monuments that you have in your head. A god with a dog head. Uh, you know, a cat with a human head. Uh, big, pointy, four-sided objects. Um, they, got, they got them all. Oh, yeah. They got all the good monuments here. <laughs> it's an obelisk. Some, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess those ones are five-sided yeah. if you think about the base, but... It's oh. a Washington monument invented by the Egyptians and their god, <laughs> George Washington, obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Yeah, famously, uh, you know, yeah. a, a man with a crocodile head and that curly white wig on it. Yeah, he tied a, he tied a, a triangle to a kite and it got struck by lightning and made a pyramid. That's the yes. wow. <laughs> George yeah, Washington pyramid. creation myth. <laughs> 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 then he changed his name to Franklin. Um, so Nehekara is ruled by dynasties. Long lines of priest kings from the throne of Khemri, greatest of Nehekara's ancient cities, known as the City of Kings. Um, so this is very similar to um, real ancient Egypt. You can think of the, the uh, Khemri line as the uh, the Ptolemy line, maybe. Okay. Um, Setra, uh, an ancient, or one of the, the first and greatest of the dynasty rulers. Um, is Wasn't the Ptolemaic line from like North Africa and Greece? Because Ptolemy... Like Cleopatra's father is Ptolemy the fifth or whatever, and he's Ptolemy, from Macedonia. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think. You, where do you learn that stuff when you guys? Wikipedia, YouTube? same yeah, place Wiki- you learn any of this other shit. Wikipedia, <laughs> okay. Wikipedia, and YouTube mostly. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you know another great line of Egyptian pharaohs, Pete, I I wait with bated breath. Oh, I don't know. I, I all I know is the Ptolemaic <laughs> dynasty, and then there's like whoever. Cut was part of. So you know the most notable one. That's kind of the yeah. point that I was trying to make. The famous one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I don't know any of them, so you're you're one up for me, bud. Yeah. You're doing good. Yeah. These, so these dynasties, they trace their 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 lineage back to uh, the first of the priest kings named Setra. Um, okay. Fans of Warhammer might recognize the name. Uh, he's a, a member of the the race that. Uh, Nagash, who we're talking, who we're going to end up talking about, uh, rules essentially um, as one of the tomb kings. Um, but we'll get, we're not going to get into Setra at all. Um, I maybe on a on a future episode because there is quite a bit to him uh, and kind of the uh, birth of this pseudo Egyptian Nehekaran dynasty uh, or civilization. But uh, we're not going to talk about him today. But if you would like to hear it, then uh, click on the link to Discord in the description of this episode and tell me. And then I will I will write it down and I will do it because I love doing ones that involve nerd shit. 
in some cases, we may do your request live because while we were talking, Luke Nukem five hundred one on Discord requested more Warhammer. So here you go, buddy. <laughs> so I uh, I'm, I mute the uh, I mute the Discord server when uh, we're recording, but he actually added me, which it doesn't mute if you just mute for an hour. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't mute direct mentions. So uh, I also got that ping. Now you all know how to get Ethan's attention. So yeah, uh, just at him for everything. Even yes, while I'm so. recording, and I did say we're recording at 8 p.m., which might mean that people will be pinging me at 8 p.m. thinking that I'm going to be recording and I'm going to talk about you on the air, but that's not true, damn it. Huh. Okay, so we're ancient Egypt, uh, ancient fantasy Egypt, excuse me, uh, Nehekara, uh, somewhere around the year negative 2000. Um, okay. The calendar is based around the birth of Sigmar. So we're about 2,000 years before the birth of Sigmar. Okay, um, so like this this uh, Egyptian uh, fantasy Egypt runs in parallel basically with our current uh, physical Egypt, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, physical Egypt ran like way long ago, right? Like it's like it started like 10,000 BC and ran up to what? Like a negative thousand, maybe? I don't know. E- I don't know that much. Egypt was... By like compared to all Western civilizations, like way outlived them, but it's because yeah. thing, things went so much slower. Like scientific discoveries, uh, you know, mechanical innovations, all that stuff was way slower back in the day because uh, innovation begets innovation. So yeah, when free they time. combined the the triangles with the square, that was the the, that was the a big one of everything. That was a big yeah. one for them, you know. Yeah, the guys. Oh no, man, as soon as those Egyptians went three D, boo! There was nothing stopping them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the guys before them did the shapes so we're, we're all familiar with the circle the wheel that was a big one at the time yeah. you know the egyptians started putting them together put multiple oh, wow. multiple shapes together and that was really when <laughs> civilization as we know it took off all the people's houses before then were just a single wall yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. you stayed behind yeah, yeah. couldn't but, keep you dry <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so nagash is born year sometime around the year negative 2000 uh he's born to a line of kings, of these uh, ruling kings of Kemri, which is the capital of Nehekara. Um, it wasn't always, but again, Setra, uh, this ancient king, kind of defined it as the city of kings and the the place where this one city ruled all these other cities in Nehekara as well. Um, okay. So he's the firstborn son of King Ketep of the third dynasty of Kemri. Now, I know... What you guys are thinking? I at least know what Peter's thinking. I I'm not sure about Jamie, but uh, <laughs> I never know what Jamie's thinking of. He's always thinking of the uh, the next banger, basically. Um, firstborn must be a pretty sick deal, right? But uh, yeah, I, that's what I would assume, unless you're a firstborn girl, because then that doesn't count, probably in this medieval world. Uh, no, Nagash is Nagash is born boy. Okay, uh, assigned male at birth. Um, and he's firstborn, which in a medieval world would be good. In a fantasy Egypt, well, here's a quote from Nagash himself. Nagash said this in the novel Nagash the Unbroken by Mike Lee. Okay. Had I been secondborn, the people of Kemri would have served me gladly, and the city would have prospered. If you would blame anyone, blame those damned gods you so adore. It was they who made me no more than a first son. It was their will who ultimately sealed you inside that tomb. So like, whoa, crazy fantasy. Secondborn sons are the the golden children. Firstborn sons, chop liver, yeah. man. I Cameron see why you tended. 
<laughs> I see why Ethan picked this one, being a second-born son. Uh, I, I, I do have some jabs at oldest children, knowing that you guys are both oldest children in your family. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it in, and both times I chuckled to myself. Uh, I like how the, uh, the Camry at some point declared from the heavens that all firstborns shall be the mulligan, and yeah. then <laughs> second baby's the real one. Uh, so it, it actually seems like the first son probably is the most cherished, uh, but they give the first son to the gods. So they join the priest cl- class, uh, essentially, um, uh, because it's like, oh, it's my first son. He's my most valuable. So I'm going to give him to the gods and then I'm going to, you know, continue my shit with the rest of my sons, essentially. Right, Angel? right, right. Celibacy for you. King, kingship for your younger brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, giving uh, the oldest son to the gods in ancient times sounds a lot like sacrifice. I was happy that you said they go to the priesthood there. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, I, that's also that was also my assumption. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of it again in the Cetra episode. He he sacrifices a lot of his kids to the gods, <laughs> but we're not talking about Cetra this episode, Jamie. I <laughs> knew that's what you were thinking about when I said not, <laughs> not sure what Jamie's that Jamie's thinking this. I was like he's thinking about Cetra sacrificing all his kids. Uh, <laughs> that's all I think about. <laughs> <laughs> so as the first son, Nagash was destined to be no more than a priest, a servant in the mortuary cult of Kemri which his younger brother Thutep, or sorry, while his younger brother Thutep would rule following the death of their father. Um, so a lot like ancient Egyptians, they got, they're big on death. They're big on monuments and pyramids, which are burial tombs uh, and, you know, interring the dead and, you know, scrambling the brains and sucking them out with a hook through the nose. Yeah. Um, Filling and- them with wax and putting a wick and lighting them uh, and and bringing their scent to godhood levels yeah yeah you know wrap (laughs) wrapping them in linen and and having them wake up thousands of years later to chase a great dane and a stoner through a haunted house like all the classics you know just just regular ancient egyptian mummy things Uh, so uh he joins the uh, it's a mortuary cult it's just like the the priests of death essentially um there does seem to be different uh, there's there's a pantheon of gods in this ancient nehekara i didn't look it up but uh a couple names come up came up while i was researching um the mortuary the death god seems to be one of the big ones where lesser nobles go to the wimpier cults um and they they go to worship the wimpier gods um the the pristine guys they go to you know uh you go to harvard or you go worship the god of death uh, in cambridge You have to be good enough to like worship a certain type of god. It's like a social structure, or what? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, it absolutely is. Like, and, and we'll we'll get into a couple characters who were lesser nobles essentially and were priests at other uh, temples um, as a result. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 get there in just a few seconds. So, I have my degree in the university from God of the Harvest. They're just like, I don't think you're right for this position. We're really looking for more of a God of Death sort of guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we really want someone who will reap and reap and pillage. Oh, not not like reap like the God of Harvest would. More like reap dead bodies. Anyway, we don't like you. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> really, just an expression. Yeah. yeah, you need thirty years of priest experience. I'm twenty years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, try to buy a pyramid. They're way out of everybody's price range these days. Everybody's twenty five thousand gold coins in debt the day they graduate. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, the the thing with pyramids is like one person sells it to two of his friends and then to th- oh, two yeah, of their yeah. friends. Oh, that was how the pharaohs yeah, did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. they call it that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> with an actual pyramid, that would just be like a roommate scheme where you guys just like shared the cost of an actual pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the higher up you live, the less space you get, though. That kind of sucks, yeah. I have to be entombed with some of my buddies and this random guy from another country that we don't really understand. We don't see him much, but he pays. <laughs> uh, fun fact, um, first floors in buildings went used to be where rich people lived, and it was poor people who lived in the higher floors until the invention of the elevator. And then, then rich people started buying the higher floors because now they got the view and they didn't have to walk upstairs. See, that's why I got my basement apartment. Because uh, you're a rich guy. Have, no one in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I would have paid for a top floor place, but there's no elevator, you understand? So Yeah. yeah. My place comes with ants. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little friends. Yeah. <laughs> Extra protein for your pizza. <laughs> um, so mo- most of the, the story I'm going to tell comes from this trilogy um, by Mike Lee. Uh I I don't know precisely when Thutep and Nagash's father died. I assume it was when they were young. Uh, so before he dies, um, a cabal of dark elves shipwreck themselves on the eastern shore of the desert. So the desert butts up on, an, on a sea. Uh, and one day some dark elves uh, basically crash land there. Uh, they were interred in the pyramid their father would event Sorry, the brothers' father would eventually take residence in. Uh, and Nagash took a particular interest in them. So these dark elves shipwreck on the coast. The ancient Egyptians and Hecarans kidnap them, throw them into a pyramid for later use, essentially. They don't know what to do with them. You know what I mean? It's freaking dark elves. What do you do? Um, Are they dead? Because interring someone mm-hmm. is, you inter a body, do you not? Or uh, Interned, I guess, is the word that I was looking for. You're, you're right. Not inter, but interned. Okay. Um, like and this is interrupting. Camp. And you are interpreting. <laughs> uh, and we're about to go to intermission. No, I wish I'd, I'd written that in for the, the break, but I didn't. So. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Nagash meets these dark elves in his dad's basement, uh, his dad's basement dungeon, um, and is like, hey, this, this is like pretty interesting. Starts talking to them um, and kind of realizes that they might have something for him down the line so nagash perhaps chafing at the idea of a life of worship uh or sorry despite perhaps chafing at a the idea of a life of worship did take his tutelage well in the priest uh in the priesthood he (laughs) was he was an exceptional student he mastered the arts of the priesthood with ease uh due to his talent his ambition and a fair sprinkling sprinkling of nepotism for his lineage Nagash quickly became one of Kemri's high priests, the loftiest title he could have hoped for. Oh, okay. Again, the was... high priests, uh, they get to eat clams in uh, Egypt because they're hard to get to. Yeah, Egypt, yeah. Well, right? well, they mostly oh, just okay. drank the clam blood, but. Oh, there's one. <laughs> oh, there's one we done. did it. Done, <laughs> so, um, I, again, I'm not, I'm not sure when in the, the course of his life this happens, but eventually his father, his father dies. Um, and on the eve of his father's funeral, he, you know, no, no time spent mourning, no, no rest for the wicked. Um, he decides now's a good time to torture the elves in, da- in dad's basement, essentially. So, oh no, they're they're still kicking, uh, and he's like, they got secrets, and I want them, and they haven't been sharing them. 
I'm just so bummed. I need something that could cheer me up. But <laughs> what? What could possibly cheer me, a student of death, up? Hey, Nagash, want to go torture the elves in your dad's basement? <laughs> <laughs> Either that or bone the secretary. (laughs) And he's like, no, don't bone the secretary. That's not cool. Come with me. (laughs) Um, So he tortures them until they divulge their secrets of dark magic to him. So we talked about it on past Warhammer episodes. The winds of magic are a thing. Uh, it seems like there is high magic in Nehekara uh, at the time. There's there's not much dark magic. So he learns it from the dark elves that uh, that crashed upon the, the shores and were interred, interned by his father. Um, okay. And that's that's where he, he gets his first little his first little taste of uh, of dark magic. Or you guys remember what the uh, the name for dark magic is when we're referring to the names of the winds of magic? Oh, isn't it Dar or Dar. something? Nailed it, nailed yeah, it, Pete. Dar, Dar with an H. And Jamie, I'll give you the steel chance if you can name uh, high magic. It's way harder. Uh, Hig. <laughs> yeah, it's way harder. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's Cache. <laughs> uh, just in case you forgot it, it's Cache. I was thinking, like, what about street musicians or magicians for uh, for like dark magic? They just have like a candle, put their hand in front, and blow it out, and it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's dark now. Yeah. <laughs> and these elves are the ones who are, are going to teach Nagash how to do that properly, right? The sleight of hand to yeah, blow yeah. out the candle to, ne- yeah. to to blow out the candle and not have people realize that you're blowing on it. Uh, yes, <laughs> you'll be a hit at birthday parties. <laughs> uh, so Nagash. Uh, again, either before this or I, I think after this, becomes high priest, um, the loftiest title that the priest class could ever reach. Uh, and it feels to me like he's still relatively young. So he's probably like, hey, you're CEO now. There's nowhere else to go, nothing else to do. It's a, it's a religion. So really, you know, we're not, you know, super expansive. We're, uh, we, we just deal in the desert. Uh, we don't expand outside our cities. Um, you have a title now, but, uh, but that's it. Yeah. What do you do when you're bored and powerful? It's crimes against humanity. It's as as true as it is in the real world. Uh, pretty much. So he's not content with the amount of power that he is, um, full of an overbearing amount of big brother syndrome. Uh, Nagash wasn't content with the hand me down rule of ascension that, uh, made the kingdom go to his brother. Right. (laughs) So, hand me down rule of ascension. Yeah. You gotta give him your old Oshkosh Bagosh clothes, you know. <laughs> your mom insists you trade you give him some of your Pokemon cards, and sure, you only gave him Jigglypuff, like, who cares? But you got to keep your shiny Charizard. But, you know, when your dad's like, Oh, by the way, you gotta give him the kingdom, it's like that that hurts. You know, that hurts. Um, oh, yeah. And you can't just pick up a secondhand kingdom from somebody else by like conquering it or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you, go down to, you go down to the thrift kingdom and murder their king. You go, yeah, you go, you go to a, a much smaller kingdom with a very, a very, or you go to a, a pretty good kingdom with a very young ruler, and you just convince that younger boy that no, no, your cards, your kingdom's actually worthless. I'll trade you for mine. You know, I'll trade you for oh, this yeah. Jigglypuff card. And then he's no, like, yeah, oh, okay, sure. rule. And then his mom calls your mom, and it's like a big thing. <laughs> Yeah. First edition starter cards uh, of the starter Pokemons, rather, are actually worth uh, a good amount, even though they're fairly common compared to the other ones. Because everybody wants to have their 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 favorite starter, like their Charmander, their Squirtle, or their demand. The man controls the market. Our other right? one. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's also don't buy or don't sell your cards right now. Yeah, the market's down. 
Okay. Your, on, maybe on Wednesday it'll be up though. Maybe you just gave every all of our listeners the worst advice possible. What if yeah. what if what if it skyrockets? Uh, all the Logan Paul kids who bought their cards are all selling them right now, so they're they're just it's flooded. Don't don't Jamie, do don't yeah. pump and dump when we're not live for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing all my fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> but you should buy Lorecoin. It is going up, 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 up. <laughs> it's never going up. Look, I drew a graph. It's just an upward arrow. It's beautiful. Yeah. Right? Can't argue with that. Can't argue Let's with that. Let's be real. I drew the graph. Ethan didn't, but whatever. Yeah, I, <laughs> I came up with the idea for the graph and wrote it down and shared it with the listeners, but whatever. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so Nagash begins to plot his brother's downfall. Though in doing, he would show the breadth of his cruelty. His plot to seize the crown began with gossip, of course. Nagash would simply carve a hieroglyph saying usurp me and tape it to his brother's back with a gaggle of the caddiest death priest while a gaggle of the caddiest death priest <laughs> laughed and mocked him. It's <laughs> <laughs> like tape a, tape a clay tablet to his robe. <laughs> Just, I, is that true? Are there like rowdy boy pranks in the novel? <laughs> uh, no, but this is, this is, oh, this is purely lore voice canon, but uh, right. I like it honestly. And I, Tried so hard to come up with what a hieroglyph saying usurp me would look like, but I couldn't figure it out. I'm not that clever a man. I'll try and figure it out. I guess uh, uh, li- also, lis- listeners at home, write in on Discord with your, your drawings of what you think a usurp me hieroglyph would look like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think it's a man with a crown and then another guy like kind of like laying down injured with uh, the crown off of his head. I think that's okay. what I would do. I would say yeah, that's... It's just like the picture of the sideways Egyptian guys, but just... One guy's usurping the other one. It's like a literal photo. Oh, they're doing like the 90 degree arm thing, but he's just yoking yeah. the crown with, with oh, that 90 like, degree oh, arm. it off his head, yeah. <laughs> 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 Yoink. Um, <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> so, so in actual, in, in uh, uh, Games Workshop canon, not Loreboy's canon, uh, Nagash begins corrupting the religion itself. He turns their rote incantations into things more perverse, and in doing so, he begins gathering like-minded acolytes. Uh, the foremost of those acolytes was a cruel nobleman named Arkin, uh, a name which listeners familiar with the Tomb Kings and the Tomb Kings lore might recognize. Um, and we'll get into, uh, I will get you guys into who Arkan is uh, a little bit, but he's basically, he's a playable model uh, for the Tomb Kings, essentially. Oh, okay, cool. Is he also a cranky older brother like me? Uh, we'll say Lord Blaze Cannon that yes, he was an oldest child as well. Okay. Uh, he okay. was also, oh, he, actually, that would make a lot of sense because he's in the priest class and he's a noble. So uh, oh. I said it saying Lord Blaze Cannon, but actually, you're probably right. He was probably the firstborn. I'd like to see the author of these books come and defend any of the things we're claiming right now. Uh, he can reach out to us on Twitter. I challenge uh, you, Mike Lee. Yeah, Mike Lee. if you're alive, I've never heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Arkin was also known as a rake, which is a, a disreputable person, a rogue, if you will. Yes. Uh, someone who spent time in the lesser respected temple of Asaph due to his relatively weak nobility game. Uh, this is kind of just what I was referencing before. seems like if you're of a, a lesser noble house, you get put in the shittier priest classes. Um, so he's <laughs> he, he hangs out at that temple, which uh, I didn't look up uh, what Asaph is for. We'll say Harvest, though I think Harvest would actually probably be a pretty big one for these people. Um, the god of good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Pray to the god of mediocre return whenever you can, really. 
Um, so seeking co-conspirators against his brother, Nagash promised Arkin and other lesser lesser nobles, nobles, excuse me, power and wealth if they supported him. So he's he's gathering that clique. Uh, he's got his. It's a classic coup. Like that's what you that's what you have yeah. to do. Find other people. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, lie to them yes. <laughs> so that they don't kill you when you become emperor. <laughs> exactly. So he's got his his backbiting teenage priest cast at his back. Nagash knows that he has to take out Thutep's bodyguard first. This is something that happens in the book, but in the uh, all the research that I did, which admittedly not the most research in the world, not as much as say reading the book, um, <laughs> but uh, he doesn't have Good a name for a book report. That's it. Good <laughs> enough for a book report. He, he doesn't. Man, this really is just like the B plus book report podcast. No, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> really, really recently. is. <laughs> just like, yeah. yo, Pete, did you finish Metro twenty thirty three? I'm like, nah, but yeah. I could talk about it for an hour and a half. Who cares? <laughs> I got, I got like seventy five percent through it. <laughs> yeah. <just> it. <laughs> the most I've ever done is for the Arthas episodes. Is I read a whole book, played through Warcraft three, mm-hmm. and played WoW. But that was just because WoW is so addictive. So that was easy. <laughs> okay. Well, Jamie, you want to get? Do you want to get addicted to this episode? Uh, yeah, I'm in. Arkin will come to be known eventually as the Lich King. All right. Oh, <laughs> you in? Uh, That's the buy-in. Yeah, I just put my seatbelt on my desk chair on, and I'm <laughs> strapped in, and I'm ready yeah. to go. Jamie's all in his high chair. You know, we've we've removed the uh, the plastic table from in front of him so he can access his keyboard and mouse. He's ready yeah, to game. Coming off. We're getting into the action, baby. <laughs> yeah. Move the mic stand away because I like to kick my legs while I'm in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> One night, as clouds began to cover the moon, Nagash struck down Thutep's bodyguard, murdering him in cold blood. His brother wouldn't even be that lucky. Nagash subdued his brother and dragged him to the great pyramid which their father was entombed in. There, Nagash buried his brother alive with nothing but the dusty old bones of the father who clearly paid too much attention to the younger sibling. The next morning, the blood of the murdered god and presuming some of his brother's struggle covered, covering his hands, Nagash took the throne and none in Kemri dared to stop him. So presumably the king's bodyguard would be like the greatest warrior in the land, right? Especially in like a high fantasy world where like there's a clear discrepancy between warriors other than just like this guy's slightly stronger and faster and slightly more skilled with a sword. It's like maybe this guy could do magic or something like that or had, you know, divine enchantments on him. Who knows? He had a magic sword. God only knows. So Nagash kills him. And then buries his brother alive next to their father. Like, doesn't even okay. go to the trouble of killing him. Uh, the quote I read you guys before, I'm pretty sure was him saying to his brother when it was like, don't blame me, blame the gods for making me firstborn, uh, was kind of oh, okay. in reaction to to this event. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a little fucked up. It's no chill. It's no chill yeah. in the gash over here. You could have had... Just in this case, the courtesy of killing him, opposed to having him suffocate in the sand. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, very much a courtesy. Probably, probably die of thirst because he was in a in a burial tomb, right? So, yeah, it's probably mm. warm in there too, and like a little sweaty. Yeah, well, you should yeah. get dad. Um, yeah. No AC. <laughs> no AC. No AC in the desert. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and there's too many cans in that coffin for him to fit. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. All right, dude. I'm, I'm checked out for the rest of it. We got our, our mission done. No, but wait, we haven't got to Arthas yet, dude. We haven't got to oh, Lithia yet. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, you're yeah. back in. You're back in. Come back. Come back. Come back. Okay. Uh, the reign of Nagash had begun, and it would signify a dark time for the people of Nehekara. Uh Once he takes power, he quickly realized that the desert sand is always more golden on the other side of the fence. Uh, the fence being a barrier to more power, of course. <laughs> he had he had long ago disposed of the dark elf tutors who had once been held captive in his father's pyramid, but his interest in dark magic never truly stopped. His newfound subjects feared his power would draw down the very wrath of the gods. So he's becomes king. No one dares oppose him because that was a that was a power move, bearing your own brother alive after killing the greatest warrior in in our country. Yeah. Um, and now you're 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 messing with dark magic, and people are like, "That's gonna piss off the gods." But we'll wait for them to do something, huh? Yeah, Nag- they wouldn't like call down the wrath of the gods on the civilians, right? It would be focused on Nagash, yeah, presumably, it, considering it, these gods are real in in this sense, right? Honestly, it's always the rich people who suffer when, in times well, of yeah. strife and turmoil. Like, come on! Didn't you see how broad the plagues of Egypt were in our real life? It rained <laughs> frogs, and that's weird. Yeah, I yeah. hated it. It yeah, the first the rich people. The rich people first they had ants, then they had to wait for the elevator. It's, it's tough. Yeah. I know, exactly. it's ridiculous. <laughs> no way to live. It's no way to live. No. No. Nagash. God, in, the, the plagues of Egypt were locust, frogs, broken elevators. It yeah. was ridiculous. <laughs> Those pyramids are tall. There's a lot of stories. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. <laughs> so Nagash had this to say about it. This is from Nagash the Sorcerer, uh, which is the second book in the or the next book in the trilogy at the very least, also by Mike Lee. I have defied death and laid the gods low. I am the master of this land and all that it contains. You look about you and see calamity, our small army in tatters surrounded by our foes, but that is because your mind is weak, Ark in the Black. You let the world bend you to its whims. That is the thinking of a mere mortal. I do not hear, heed the voice of this world, Arkin. Instead, I command it. I shape it to my will. Now, the more observant podcast hosts familiar with what I've just said might recognize yeah. the name Arkin. <laughs> no, you're right. You did say Clamity. I noticed that. Oh, Arkin. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, Ooh, Hawkeye uh, Jamie, right on the ball there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Nagash begins to dabble in necromancy. Uh, he more or less defines it. It seems like, like there wasn't a clear dark magic wind that was necromancy. There is no raising of the dead. Uh, here, like ever in history before this point and even at this point there's no dead have never been raised nobody's ever been returned to false life or undeath um, uh, necromancy tends to be like drain life where like if there's you know a healthy person and you're a sick old necromancer you can probably like drain some some life off of them kind of like a vampire things like that oh, yeah. things like that exist as necromancy and that's what that's what Nagash begins to dabble in okay. just got a little juice you know just got juice up Got juice yeah. Did he did he coin the term? Snap into a slim Jim, if you know what I mean. A slim guy named Jim. Yeah, drain <laughs> drain the life force out of him. <laughs> Someone come drain me so I'm a slim Jim, please. <laughs> uh, uh, want necromancer? <laughs> <laughs> What's well, like M M four N man yeah. for necromancer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. 
Uh, so Nagash combines his mastery of dark magic with his inner knowledge of death gained from his time as a mortuary cultist. So again, this might've happened before, but it's really undefined uncharted waters. It's like there's dark magic. And he's like, I also happen to know a lot about death because I spent decades of my life in the death cult. Right. Okay. Um, it's kind of like when you, it, it's like, he's trying to solve a problem cause he hated his job. He's like getting creative about it. It's just like, well, if I just could raise the dead, then I don't have to do that shitty job. Ever yeah, exactly. Again. That Work shitty smart, job of kids. tending to the dead. It's a twofer yeah. because the dead or the undead can tend to what dead remain. And then once they're all undead, you don't got to tend to them anymore. Oh man. Automation's taken away all the jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Automation taking away all the good death cult jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh so Nagash <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing like Boston Robotics but it's like an undead dog doing weird dances <laughs> <laughs> just dancing away all the layman's jobs huh? <laughs> um, Nagash commits his research into nine devilish tomes the books of Nagash which to this day which is uh, several thousand years in the future uh, are the most powerful sources of necromantic magic in the world. So still, if, you, if you're if you a budding necromancer, you want to get your hands on those books. That's the good shit, you okay. know? The modern translation, you know, the King James Book of the Dead or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, he also manages to create the Elixir of Life, allowing himself to be forever young and never the victim of harsh middle school-aged ageism. Or middle school ageism, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, made from distilled spring water, human blood, and chamomile, Nagash first allowed Arkin the Black, now his chief vizier and most loyal servant, to imbibe it as well. So Arkin has become his his right hand man, his go to, his his confidant in all things, and he creates this elixir of life, keeping himself young. And he's like, you know what, Arkin, you're a good guy. Uh, I'll give I'll give you some of this. You want to be young forever? Is that is that the lore boy's recipe, or is that the real thing? It's yeah, abs- I just absolutely the lore boy's recipe. I'll say human blood. Okay. It, yeah. Human blood is explicitly in it chamomile is not explicitly in it but it's also not explicitly not in it if you know what i mean it's not excluded explicitly oh so all right very well could be uh, mr lee come and get us if you want to correct us yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's honestly not how you follow recipes though dude it's like, <laughs> uh, they said they didn't say not put heroin in it like, yeah. yeah no they didn't they didn't <laughs> Come get me, Martha Stewart, if you think I'm wrong. Yeah. Huh? Come get us if you yeah. think we're wrong. When I'm making pickles, they didn't say don't put baking soda in there with the vinegar. <gasps> like, dude, never do that. Never do that. Don't even joke, oh. dude. I wouldn't mind a pickle volcano. Right you, want, about now, <laughs> you want a pickle volcano? Some some poor some poor some poor eighteen year old fresh fresh got his explicit tag permission to listen to podcasts on iTunes, listening to our podcast. Here's about a pickle volcano, gets all excited, blows his house to hell with pickles. Is that what you want? That oh, it you smells want? like dill and garlic. That's yeah. <laughs> my livelihood. Yeah. Careful, that's a spicy pickle. No! <laughs> and it blinds both his parents. <laughs> and then he becomes a supervillain. Uh, yeah, my parents were blind, so now I need to fight... People who can see <laughs> <laughs> my pickle volcano. Parents. My, my pickle volcano parents. Uh, I can't believe can't believe we didn't come up with that one at the top of the show, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, everyone's drinking the pickle juice at this point, right? Uh, Ark Arkin drinks it. Uh, Nagash distributes it to his other uh, loyal followers. 
it grants them all immortality and incredible power. It's not just like keep you young. It's also keep you powered up juice. Like good magic, strong physical ability. All these things uh, come from the pickle juice. The Um, Red Bull of their time is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Gives them wings, except not literally. I don't think any of these guys had wings. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be ridiculous. Makes you blind, I think we were saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like Red Bull. Uh, (laughs) Red Bull, it makes you blind. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't didn't test well with early markets, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he gives it to all his followers, or his most loyal followers, uh, anyways. It gives them immortality, great strength, but... What he never tells them is that the recipe is pickle juice. So uh, sorry, I was just thinking about like a Red Bull still out in the bush in Virginia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got the pickles and pigeon wings. Shove them in there, Cletus. <laughs> oh, and they got God. Red Bull's all about the extreme sports. So like, whenever you drop from the stratosphere down to the ground uh, in free fall, uh, you want to be blind so you don't see how bad it's going to be. It's you know? too yeah, scary. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he doesn't give them the recipe. He doesn't give his followers the recipe. So he, he gives them immortality. He gives them amazing strength, but they got to keep drinking the Kool-Aid and he doesn't tell them how to make the Kool-Aid. So he basically enslaves them to him where it's like, like, Hey, I gave you this great thing, but if, if you stop, like you will die of old age if you stop drinking this and I'm the only one who knows how to make it. So you better be good to me. Yeah. They can't betray him because if they kill him, the recipe dies with them and they all die too. So unless they, you know, don't want to not live anymore or whatever you know immortality really right. is then is it is it like michael's secret stuff where they just have to believe oh yeah, that it's, yeah it, was, it was inside them all oh, along. Yeah. the pickle juice was inside yeah. them all along <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> oh god um so realizing he needs something to represent him and his will in the land of monuments nagash then orders his people to build him a massive all-black pyramid the people of Nehekara, well-versed in the building of burial chambers, assume that this one would be no different other than the tint of its exterior. High visibility in the desert. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, although the old, the old pyramids used to be white and capped in gold, they said. Uh, and yeah. all, all the gold was looted off the pyramids sometime. In, yeah. Probably by white, or by, by white people. We'll just, I'll come out and say it. How do you get a black pyramid? Do you just like burn a bunch of stuff and put the soot all over it, or what? so it's actually I, I, you can use obsidian. We're we're gonna get into it. It's not obsidian. It's a black marble, but we'll we'll get into oh. it in a sec. So the pyramid quickly becomes Nagash's singular obsession, and the speed of its construction and sheer scale of it would bankrupt the country. The truth is not that Nagash wanted to be buried there, but planned to use the pyramid to channel and harness the winds of magic. But to do so, he would have to go to war. At Nagash's demand, the Nehekarans marched on neighbors they had long had peace, peace with, plundering their gold, their gold and slaves to be sent to Kemri. Nagash demanded tribute, and any who did not acquiesce were taken by force. So he sends out his armies. They, they run out of gold pretty early on in the project. They can't trade with outside factions where they need this black marble from. Uh, and so he basically sends out his army, says, go kidnap gold, get us some slaves while you're at it, you know, pick up a carton of cigs, and... Come back. If they say no, then we'll uh, burn their house down. Okay, so he's very much kind of like the Persian or like Xerxes in the legends at this point as far as like the great desert empires of our time for comparison. Exactly. Marble, the color of midnight, was brought in from distant corners of the world and countless slaves toiled and died for 50 years before the Black Pyramid of Nagash towered over all other monuments in all of Nehekara. Okay. How's he running out of gold if he's using slaves? 
because he's got because the black marble is imported from other countries. So okay. It's, it's imported okay, but from now distant... he's on a mission of conquest. I see. Yeah. So I mean, it's like those are so distant that he can't wage war on them. So he needs to he needs to pay for this this black marble. Oh, okay. Because it's like it's right. from you... the other side of the earth. Do you have to pay to feed the slaves, or you just have other slaves cultivate the food for the rest of the slaves? How does that work? Well, what slaves feed those slaves, Jamie? Hmm? Do you ever think of that? I guess they feed themselves. I don't know, man. Feed themselves in the field? Feed themselves in the field? With my wheat? I don't think so. I don't fucking think so. <laughs> <laughs> Some poor hapless Egyptian slaves just like on, on the bank of the Nile, just like chewing primordial wheat like <laughs> yeah like take take us try to sneak a cheeky grain back to the hut between his butt cheeks or whatever <laughs> between his cans if you will uh hey <laughs> nagash's pyramid would dwarf the great pyramid of setra uh who is the previous record holder uh, verified by guinness the broken corpses of a multitude of dead slaves were built into the Black Pyramid's foundations, and magic sigils of power were woven into its walls. The heat of the desert sun did not reach the stone of the pyramid. Even in the sweltering afternoon, its blocks were cool to the touch. The light of the moon and the stars was swallowed entirely by it, allowing no reflection to escape. Clearly okay. spooky. It- yeah, yeah, it's cooler than the candle trick, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, it's just removing light from the equation. So it's kind of similar right. to the candle trick in a lot of ways when you think about it. It's a bigger scale, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. It's, yeah. It's one big instead of, yeah, instead of taking your handcuffs off underwater, you stay underwater for like eight days or whatever David Blaine did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The winds of magic tore across Nehekara upon the Black Pyramid's completion, and Nagash's mastery of dark magic and necromancy swelled with it. Not all was peaches in the desert, though. The tributes exacted by Nagash upon the outlying cities of Nehekara that they uh, were so extreme that they fell into ruin, and people began to finally see Nagash as a tyrant. The other priest kings rallied against him, they refused to submit any longer, and began to draw plans to overthrow him. More on that after the break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There will be no escape, no blessed oblivion. I can end your life as easily as I can extinguish a candle. And before your corpse is cold, I can reach out and grasp your soul. You will be my slave for all eternity, and I shall laugh at the depths of your pain. Such is the power of Nagash. That is from Nagash the Sorcerer by Mike Lee. Um, in case you, uh, that was him talking about himself in the third person, in case we were unclear on whether or not he was going to be the protagonist or antagonist, or, you know, of this. Yeah, he seems like he's threatening somebody with that part. <laughs> um, but I did, uh, copy down that quote earlier today, D- did not pick up on the candle references that we've been making throughout this whole episode. So, uh, that was fun. It's, it's serendipity. Fun. You can't plan for that. It really is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, before the break, we were talking about uh, Nagash's uh, followers, the priest kings uh, that kind of ruled the other cities in Nahakara, the ancient Egypt of Warhammer fantasy, uh, plotting his his downfall, plotting to overthrow him uh, and revolting against revolting against him. Um, okay. He's got all the pickle juice in the basement of that black pyramid. I swear, we're, we're gonna, gonna get it. <laughs> we're gonna get us some pickle juice, boys, and we're gonna share it equally. I yeah. promise," said one guy on the council. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so they have cucumbers, but he's also bogarting the vinegar supply. So it's like they can oh, have, yeah. have fresh English cucumbers, but they don't got no no vinegar to turn them into pickles. Where <laughs> where do people get vinegar from? Like it's an it, acid, right? It's acetic acid. I think you can probably make it. I don't think there's a natural. I mean, there's a natural source, but it's probably like a mixture or something. I have no idea. <laughs> sour Whoever cows. did that first? I think it's milk. What? I think it's milked from sour cows. <laughs> oh my god that would burn coming in and out that would be oh, yeah. yeah not if your body was adapted to it over generations they're fine they're fine the cows in my basement uh, they're living they're living their best lives okay um i don't know where vinegar comes from but i did watch a documentary or not a documentary i watched a very like a mini mini episode on why avocados are so expensive from business insider this morning and they called uh avocados alligator pears and i thought that was such a that's such a fun name for an avocado i'm only calling them that from now on alligator (laughs) pears i mean it looks exactly like that those two things had a baby so it's it's absolutely true Uh, that's cute that's your that's your animal fact i guess for the day is avocados are called alligator uh, if if vinegars came out of cows, I think they'd drop the M on what they say. They would just go, ooh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, we've peaked as a show, so I guess strap in listeners for the uh, for the spiral, I guess, now. The haphazard descent to inogni- in- ignomious demise. So to, f- to face the defiant priest kings revolting against him and his rule... Nagash used his powers to do what no one had ever done before. He would be the first one to make the dead walk. Um, remember so, what I said before, it never happened. Nagash does it now yeah. in response to all his human followers being like, you're kind of fucked up, dude. It's fucked up what you're doing. Yeah. He's yeah. got to automate it, right? Just like the, the robotics guys, they're trying to get the robots to walk. He's trying to get the dead people exactly. to walk. Yeah. Just so he can take all their gerbs. It was just, yeah, so in, in ancient Nehekara, instead of seeing, like, videos on your Instagram to upbeat music of a robotic dog, which will one day chase you down and oppress you in the streets, 
Uh, it was yeah. shoot it, you in the back with a beanbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was it was watching uh, watching you know videos set to upbeat music on their Instagram of a robotic dog made of human bones shooting beanbags at them. Essentially, <laughs> uh, same thing. drone delivery is just two front halves of a bird sewn together at the ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the quadcopter. <laughs> The the avian centipede, if you will. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh God! Um, the quintessential necromancer was born as Nagash wrenched the bones of the dead out of their rest to march upon his enemies. The mortal soldiers rallying against him broke and fled at the mere sight of them, and those that stood and fought quickly fell to join their ranks. So that's similar to what we discussed in the Skaven episode. Uh, Nagash was the guy at the end that the Skaven ended up killing at, with the help of uh, another guy. Um, but falling in battle against a necromancer means that you're, you're kind of you're, you're his now, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So that happens. This breaks uh, mortal men in the in the world of fan- Warhammer fantasy. There's lots of fucked up shit that happens. Like there's it's it's grimdark, it's bleak. Um, there's lots of different fantasy races. They all do fuck. They all do fucked up things. Um, but no one had ever seen this before specifically. Um, so they didn't know how to face it and they, they were, they were really scared. Imagine you had never heard of a skeleton, a skeleton before. Uh, yeah. Especially one that walked, walked about, you know, and That's suddenly it. if, if yeah. us three were in battle and I fell and then all of a sudden, like, sure, we're comfortable killing our enemies, but all of a sudden you got to kill me yeah. too. Well, no, you but to just your skeleton. Does the skeleton uh-huh. jump out of the body? Like I'll, I'd stand up all drool like and and come at you and you'd have to look me in the eyes and I assume the bang. skeleton steps out of the mouth you know what I mean like kind of like <laughs> like oh ta- takes two hands its, yeah. and then yeah well yeah it takes its fingers like out of the arm sleeves of the flesh yeah gets them into the torso and then kind of like just skeleton fingers poking out of the mouth stretching it a bit getting the skull out and then once the skull's out I mean the shoulders are hard yeah. once the shoulders are out it's like a baby now it's like now then, you're now we're booming. I'm yeah. just a Jimbo sleeping bag at that point. <laughs> uh, and, and I assume the skeleton keeps you for a sleeping bag because skeletons must yeah. get cold. They got no meat on their bones. Yeah, Nothing. you can. <laughs> yeah, at night you can hear them all chittering and chattering, <laughs> <laughs> just rattling the nuts. Uh, yes, the, the 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 haunting rattle of a thousand cold skeletons that <laughs> drives men mad. Um, <laughs> I was. Uh, Nope, never mind. No idea where that thought went. You know what? Never minding, Peter. Um, So city after city falls, but the priest kings weren't willing to go down without fighting. Putting centuries of magical research into the defense of their homes, the priest kings brought to life towering statues to march alongside their armies. Oh, I've seen trailers for the tomb kings in in, Total War or whatever, and they do have like a bunch of like... Golems, basically, like the Egyptian monuments we know they bring to life. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, spoilers, not even for the end of this episode, but for the end of a future episode, because I guess spoilers for the Lore Boys podcast. This is probably a part one. Um, <laughs> they they will uh, eventually lose to Nagash, uh, and the, all all the things that the, all the technological and centuries of research, technological wonders, uh, will all be used by the the Tomb Kings, which is the undead race in uh in warhammer fantasy okay oh, they're kind of cool as hell i just looked up pictures of them they're very cool i mean they're yeah. they're the necron of it's funny i almost did lizard men today instead of uh 
instead of Tomb Kings. But I was like, oh, we just talked about Nagash on the last episode, so I, I felt there was a better through line. But yeah. researching the Slan and like the old ones, like I did, li- I did uh, Warhammer 40k uh, Necron, and if yeah. I had done Lizard Men, the closest episode I would have done to Lizard Men would probably be the Necron from 40k. Because I talked about yeah. the old ones and how they created a race of space lizards, essentially, who are who were essentially the lizard men, um, and that the Necron tier end up fighting, uh, which we'll, we'll get to someday. But all all very interesting how it all like weaves together. The old ones created all of Warhammer Fantasy, so it mm-hmm. kind of seems like the Warhammer Fantasy world is just a world in Warhammer 40k. Um, <laughs> That's meta. <laughs> it's 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 all super meta, especially when you get into Sigmar and the Emperor are ba- like Sigmar from Warhammer Fantasy and and the Emperor from Forty yeah. K are basically the same person, but live do live different lives. And like Warhammer Fantasy ended and the world was destroyed and re- remade by Sigmar. Um, listen to our I guess Necron Tier episode and then listen to our Sigmar trilogy if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about right now and you because you don't know. But, um, so we were talking about the Tomb Kings. Can you play uh, like control a Tomb King in total in Total War? I think you need DLC, but I yes, I so, believe yeah. you can. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, super. Okay, cool. I didn't give that game a proper chance to. There were so many systems and I just kind of like was overwhelmed yeah. after work. But that, I need that, to get into it again. That was me. I I picked it up. I played it. I was like, this is too complex. Which I do with so many guys. Same thing with Stellaris too. But I I said this is too complex. Months later, maybe years later, I reinstalled it, and then just ninety ninety hours of my life just disappeared in a week. You know, like (laughs) just gone. That's all I did basically. Um, So uh, where we are now, we're in ancient Egypt, Nagash bringing these towering statues to life. Right in a grand ritual. uh, Sorry, not Nagash bringing these statues to life. It's the priest king. So in a grand ritual. Sorry. Arkin, did he turn? Did he turn? Is he a turncoat? Nope. Arkin? No, no. no? Ar- okay. Arkin, Arkin the Black is absolutely still Nagash's most loyal follower, his grand okay. vizier. Um, but the priest kings, on the other hand, did turncoat. Uh, they weren't his. I, I don't think they were explicitly followers of Nagash. They were more just like, like government in the for the other cities. And they were like, you know what? Oh, I see. Okay. I'm finally going to do what my constituents voted for me to do and not just listen to what some guy in Washington, D.C. tells me to do, right? (laughs) Um, So it's a fantasy world that we're in. Uh, (laughs) In a grand ritual, the priest king summoned the spirits of ancient Nehekaran heroes from the realm of souls and bound them to plentiful statues lining passageways to necropolises. The Ushabti, statues carved by worshippers to represent the gods of Nehekara, grown to life at the behest of the priest kings. Necrolith colossi and Kemrian war sphinxes were awakened, ready to be directed to war. The combined armies of seven kings, accompanied by the lumbering constructs, converged on Nagash. So it's, uh, I'll say it's, not looking good for our boy Nagash, okay? Uh, if there's one, if he could have one fault, it's probably pride. Uh, maybe excessive pride to the point of hubris. Um, <laughs> where he didn't... But also, you can't bring destroyed constructs back to life using necromancy. No, no. This is uh, this is good old other mancy. Um, I, I mean... Yeah. Not sure if it's dark magic or or high magic that the uh, priest kings use. Uh, 
doesn't really matter. I think all evil in the face of Nagash is kind of the lesser of two evils. Um, right. Barring maybe the forces of chaos, which threaten okay. yeah. all life everywhere, which Nagash also kind of does. Um, it gets super interesting, and maybe we'll talk about it if when I do a, a follow-up to Nagash, but uh, they talk about Nagash when he's, uh, you know, after this, this Gaven, you guys, you guys were here. Uh, you were with me when we talked about this Gaven defeating Nagash, killing him. Uh, he, he does come back, but it basically just like his soul wasn't destroyed. He slowly builds up his power and he, he's decided, he's like, oh, I'm just going to bide my time, amass all my power and then turn everyone to zombies. Uh, yeah. but the forces of chaos he realizes are going to destroy everything before he can. So he, he can't be ultimate power when he actually comes back, which, which gives him his, uh, you know, the hole in his plot armor, essentially. The oh, Lich, okay. The Lich King has to always come back. So blizzard can get more sub fees for yeah, yeah. monthly. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the ultimate evil actually in this. Universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Activision blizzard. Yeah. yeah. Bunch of fucked up shit going on in there right now, but we don't have to. Oh get that yeah. Here. Sud- <laughs> suddenly we're not a fantasy universe anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the assault on Kemri was devastating. All of Nagash's forces, ar- forces arrayed against the combined might of seven powerful priest kings with their backs against the wall. Nagash had made it clear that any who opposed him were facing nothing, nothing less than utter destruction, leaving the survivors no choice but to fight to the bitter end. Um, with the likenesses of their gods at their sides, the living warriors crashed into the undead legions. Once more, countless died to satisfy Nagash's pride. Nagash's forces were shattered after the initial engagement. They were driven back to Kemri, where a brutal siege commenced. Arkin, Nagash's grand vizier and still his most loyal follower, would die at this siege. Again, oh. I mean, we're talking about necromancers. Spoiler oh. alert. I already said it at yeah. the top. He's a tomb king uh, that you can play as. So, Oh, right. Yeah. Probably play him as an undead at some point, right? Yeah. One account tells of Arkin holding the amassed armies of the seven kings at bay single-handedly, sending wave after wave of magic on top of an impromptu pyramid of corpses. Um, so Arkin, uh, Arkin's living up to the Grand Vizier title, I, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and he's just holding literally seven armies at bay. Uh, again, this, this is an account, so this is a... Uh, fictional historian telling us this, so I guess take it with that fictional historian grain of salt. Right. Yeah, I like how it's also like a a pyramid of corpses, apparently, so it totally fits in with the rest of the architecture. Um, the wiki wrote it as pyramid of corpses, and I had that exact oh. same thought, and then I said, yeah. you know what? I like it too. We'll, we'll say yeah. it's his own little pyramid, because Nagash, or sorry, uh, Arkin, wouldn't get a pyramid. It's only the kings, right, that get pyramids. And he's, oh, yeah. He's so he finally gets that pyramid so finally... as, as a, a bitch older brother. He finally yeah, yeah. built the pyramid he always wanted. Every yeah. time a bell rings, an angel gets its pyramid of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trickle-down death economy. It'll be fine. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Arkin's just got to work on his upstream. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps as Arkin's focus falters, a throwing spear would hit him in the chest. Staring in horror at the shaft, knowing it had pierced his heart, Arkin uses his dying breath to utter a terrible curse that would befall any who touches corpse. I couldn't find specifically what the curse was, but I assume it's like 
I don't know, your your palms turn all fuzzy, you know, the you know the worst the worst things you can imagine. Uh, what yeah. happened to you? Fuzzy, you go blind fuzzy and get hairy palms. Yeah, razor blade arms, pickle juice in the eye, uh, <laughs> all the worst things. <laughs> Within seconds of falling, dark flames consumed Arkin's flesh, leaving behind naught but a blackened skeleton. The people of Nehekara erected a cairn of stones over him, though whether to honor his bravery or to avoid touching his remains, it is unclear. Um, so I actually did like, I had that thought about the Pyramid of Corpses, saying like, oh, he made his own pyramid in the end. Um, but then they actually build him like a little cairn, which is kind of kind of looks like a pyramid if you squint. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the, It just uses all squares instead of triangles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a caveman pyramid. um but yeah it it, i mean the wiki did say that oh they you know they did it because they honored his his sacrifice and then it was like oh some accounts say that it might be because he uttered a terrible curse on his corpse or anyone who touched it i was like but it feels like the wiki kind of buried the lead and made it seem like it was more one than the other which makes me think that the book kind of played up arkin as a um maybe gullible follower at the time or something like that, where, you know, his, his honor and his bravery were intact. And he did think that Nagash was good for the economy, right? Which is why you would elect a, a ghoulish necromancer to state. It's <laughs> because it's good. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, he's bringing the jobs back. At least uh, I may have lost yeah. my, I may have lost my job at the wheat mill, but I got a job at the, at the morgue. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> stitching bodies back together. <laughs> yep, the taxes have never been lower. The the undead are doing all our work for us. Yeah, so we don't have to pay yeah. The city workers. Uh. Yeah. I'd like to think they they at first were just like ah, uh, they just like put like a rope around them or like the little like the four museum pillars with the little velvet rope just, yeah, just yeah. says do not touch, do yeah. not touch that they uh, do not touch Arkin and it's yeah. like teenagers would always just hop the velvet rope so we had to opt for a Karen. <laughs> yeah. I uh or like the um the wet floor signs or whatever that they put up just like a janitor put one of those oh, like yeah. cur- cursed body <laughs> like, do not touch. Yeah. it's got uh, it's got like a little slipping like egyptian hieroglyph guy on yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> with hairy palms uh yeah yes of course uh, <laughs> um so arkin falls is cursed um, we don't know why the people built him a cairn. What we do know for sure is that Arkin's sacrifice buys Nagash time to flee the battle. He's he he's cut and running. He realizes that he was too too hubrisful, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <and then laughs> he knew he couldn't stand up to the uh, amassed forces of these seven kings, these uh, big monsters. At least not yet. Uh, maybe never, although I did already say that eventually we would get there because they're called the Tomb Kings, <laughs> not the, uh, I don't know, House Kings, you know? Yeah. Uh, just regular people in their House Kings, guys. Uh, just regular, re- the, the normal kings in yeah. the, uh, is, is like not the most interesting army to play, but uh, they're fun to paint. <laughs> yeah. Reality Kings, I think they call them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, normie kings could just describe white people, right? Because we're, we're like normie kings. <laughs> we're kind of on top, but we're pretty normal. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Arkin Arkin decides to leave the battle. This is not good for uh, his undead skeletons. We don't know if they care or not, but whether or not they know it, it's not good for them. Also, the rest of Nagash's immortal lieutenants, the other guys that he he gave the pickle juice to, uh, they had taken refuge in the Black Pyramid, presumably thinking that Nagash would save them. 
you know, all powerful necromancer mage king that they served for so long and and helped get into power. Like, well, he'll he'll protect us, right? Um, nope. they don't get the honor of the burial cane that Arkin did. Uh, I think this is where the the comment about whether for Arkin's bravery and honor or, you know, or not wanting to touch his corpse because he's he's booby trapped. Because uh, they they seem to just be hiding the other lieutenants. So you know maybe if they they hadn't been hiding and has fought had fought as hard as Arkin, they we we wouldn't be in this mess. Or no Karen for cowards, dude. That's it. <laughs> exactly. No no yeah. Karen for cowards. I like. We that. don't give you the folding yellow sign. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you got to earn that. <laughs> you got to earn your wet floors, bud. Uh, <laughs> wet ass f words <laughs> wet ass floors uh, like a 20 minute video just about that sign and how it's inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the sacking of kemri the uh immortal lieutenants of nagash were dragged out of their sarcophagi one by one they were uh hiding in the black pyramid they were hiding in their own sarcophagi apparently um, they were dragged into the harsh sunlight and executed by the priest kings. So they are also dead. Now, again, I mean, good. Gonna spoil stuff for people who are gonna listen to the Lore Boys in the future. Uh, we're talking about a necromancer here. So they're, yeah. they're dead, but uh, never not undead, I guess you could say. How, how would you manage that as like somebody who was fighting a necromancer? Would you like have to, you'd have to like keep people imprisoned from the necromancer army in like a really nice prison forever so that they could live as long as possible so they could not be raised yeah. from the grave right or you would need to like have some sort of necromancy that would destroy their souls i think in warhammer at least it's tied to mm-hmm. so like a lot of uh fiction i want to say D included but I, I don't know this for canon um zombies aren't like souls that's just like animate flesh which is okay which I think Nagash's bone soldiers are. Um, but people like Arkin the Black, uh, again, a playable character, presumably he he brings his soul back. And it's probably because he had like a great soul compared to, you know, you know, Joe the pyramid builder who had a wife and three kids and, you know, loved yeah. her, brought her flowures every Tuesday. Um, Wheat in his butt cheeks. To, yeah, to know it, work. You know, to know if it has a soul, you have to put a dot on its forehead and then put it in front of a mirror and see if it recognizes itself enough to know that it's changed. That it's got a <laughs> dot on the forehead, exactly. That's, yeah. how, that's what they do with, with humans and animals to realize if they, they know. That's how they measure sentience in psychology. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> never forget the, the first time three guys in lab coats with clipboards came to my place put a dot on my forehead and stuck me in front of a mirror. It was traumatizing. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I looked exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just nothing. Didn't even, didn't even really, really realize there was a mirror there. I just thought it was some other guy, you know, but I wanted to fight him right yeah. away, but I couldn't get through the glass. <laughs> I started barking at him. <laughs> so Nagash fleeing the sands of his home. Thanks to Ark installing swore revenge. He vowed to turn the entire world into a kingdom of the dead who would never turn against him again. And he strode North to plan his revenge. Centuries later, an unlikely king named Alcadazar would rise in Nehekara to resist him. Now, oh, George Bush went after those guys, didn't he? Yeah, the Alcadazar. His dad armed Alcadazar, yeah, uh, yeah. and then realizing that was a mistake twenty years later. 
uh, El Catazar is the guy from the the Skaven episode, isn't yeah, he? That is the guy that mm. we know, uh, ha- yeah. or the the listeners who listen to the Skaven episode will know. Uh, eventually, does does get some sort of revenge against him, but you'll have to listen to that episode to figure out exactly how that happens. Yeah. Um, I do think I'm going to do a follow up to this episode. I think it's going to talk about El Catazar, who he is, and how Nagash ends up back in um, there. Honestly, there you guys might not remember. Because it's been a long time for us, and we have the memories of Goldfish when it comes to remembering our own episodes. But the Sigmar yep. episodes, uh, episode two, I want to say, maybe three, uh, at the end of the world, uh, Sigmar fights Nagash's forces and fights Nagash himself. Um, so if you, oh. if any of our listeners don't remember that, you can go back and listen to the Sigmar episodes, and there's a mention of this guy back there, too. Uh, it's been quite, cool. a, quite a through line in my Warhammer episodes so far. Uh, happy I was able to finally get to him. If you liked hearing about it, want to tell me so, then you can click on the Discord link in the description of this episode, or go to lorewise.com slash about, uh, where you can find links to all our social, including a lot of social which we no longer use, which we should probably clean up or start using. Uh, but we won't do either of those things by the time this episode starts. So <laughs> you'll, you'll find all of <laughs> the next 48 hours, baby. <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance. If I was a gambling man, I'd say, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> you give me 10,001 odds, and I could be in charge of making it happen, and I would still say, no, I'm not taking that bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a waste of money. I ain't logging back into Twitter, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've been Ethan. Uh, love to hear from you guys on the Discord. Well, even if I won't sign back on Twitter because it's, uh, I think, bad for my health. Uh, I do enjoy Discord. I love everybody there. Uh, let's hit some of the some of the favorites. Fragile Shark, uh, and, uh, Jesterful, uh, uh, Fitty, uh, 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 all your other favorites. Terry, uh, the hits. You know what I mean. The new guys. Anime rules. One, two, two, three. Yeah. Uh, Luke Newcomb. Got- <laughs> I don't. What was it, Luke Newcomb, who who asked for more Warhammer while we were recording Warhammer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't sleep, William. I'm reading uh, specifically from the... We got Bray. Those are all online folks who are uh, paying us, so that's paying cool. Us. Oh, yeah. Good call. Darnell, I mean... How do they pay us? How do they pay us? Darnell. It's loreboys.com. Uh, it's patreon.com slash theloreboys.com. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> so you can go to donate if you want. It's something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, did you have anything you wanted to uh, plug into this before we stop plugging things? Uh, my name in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is oh. UNICEF with an S and a PH, like Seth. Like so, UNICEF Erothia, like Sephira. So please send me some in-game money and stuff because I want to get rich in that game. Yeah, so, <laughs> just get me rich. Okay? Stuff. Cool. Go fishing with Jamie in Final Fantasy fourteen, please. Yes. Um, Peter, anything at Lore Boys Podcast on Instagram, please. That is the only thing that you cannot really efficiently access directly through the loreboys.com slash about. Yeah, you can though. It's very easy. You always say it's this. Your browser, Instagram. No, but if you're on your browser on your phone, it opens the app. <laughs> we, we, we've talked ah. about this. We've talked about this on the on the podcast before. Uh, <laughs> do what you always want. scares me. Do do whichever guys, way you want, listener. Guys, I'm so proud. Of I beat Risk of Rain two on the hardest difficulty this week, mm-hmm. and to me, that was a real gamer move, and I feel really good about it. We should play that together too. Y- was y'all that, in the ch- was that before or after you bought your gamer girl setup? 
Uh, now I got my gamer girl set. I could beat it again. I bet you as beat- a reward for your for beating it is what you why you got all your new you, all your new accessories. <laughs> all right? This, all yeah. new, you got a bunch of RGB peripherals for the uh, yeah. for the fans of of computer gaming, not tabletop gaming. Yeah. That are listening to this episode, I can play WoW with one hand. All of my abilities are on the side. Oh, <laughs> good! It's pretty crazy. But well, now you cool. can keep your latex glove on one of the ears of your microphone while you wear <laughs> yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I've been your host, Ethan Palmer. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Really, 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 it means the world to us that people do listen, continue to listen, and continue to tell their friends. Uh, if you think someone you know would like the show, just mention it to them. Uh, it's the best way for us to grow, for sure. If you're too shy or too lazy or too complacent to do that, then uh, you can always leave us a review. Also a very great way for us to get noticed uh, by the Google bots, if you will. Uh, leave a review on whatever podcasting app uh, you can think of um, other than that like Peter said patreon.com slash the lore boys is where you can give us uh, actual real money uh, in whatever currency you deal in uh, and besides that if you don't trust patreon we do have lore boys prime the very special service that we've uh, we've always offered to everybody I, way longer than we've offered patreon that's for sure uh, yeah. we're, we're building a pyramid, but much like Nagash, we want it, uh, we want our resources from, uh, far away places that we couldn't possibly invade. Uh, so any listeners in Montreal, uh, you know, uh, Eastern Ontario, uh, kind of all the way to Sherbrooke, maybe to Quebec city. Don't even bother. We don't, we don't want your stuff. Cause we could just come take it from you if we really wanted. Uh, so instead, <laughs> instead we're asking from our further abroad listeners to, to send us your two things. Okay. We need your best pyramid building materials. And this is a purely subjective opinion based. Uh, we want a short essay detailing why you think it would be the best build, uh, building material. Uh, and your second assignment is to then translate that into pictographs, and we're going to carve that onto your block in the pyramid, the reasoning yeah. for why <laughs> that we think it's good. Uh, for example, I think the best building material uh, for a pyramid is cans, of course, uh, because cans can be anything, as we've kind of already established on this show. Uh, <laughs> so surely they're going to be the, the strongest thing in the world. Uh, and if I had to write a draw a pictogram of why cans are the best building material i would draw a fat ass just like doing work you know what i mean uh and that would be that would be my contribution to the pyramid i think i would do uh baking soda chunks like in the into the blocks like okay. sandstone kind of thing okay okay and like um, my gone. pictogram would be like an acid rain and like a whole pyramid volcano jamie come, jamie come on some poor 18 year old boy who just got his explicit tag on itunes is gonna be listening to our show try and build a pyramid out of baking soda and vinegar and he's gonna up blind his, house, his parents blind his parents <laughs> <laughs> all right well send jamie oh, your bacon soda blocks i don't want them anywhere near me or my family <laughs> you're putting your parents into an early sarcophagus you know? <laughs> uh peter what what would you what would you recommend the listeners send us to build our pyramid out of oh any kind of sloped rock i don't want to carve them so i just want them to fit right in you know like a like a like a pc just a t- uh, these sculpt rocks just don't fit where they don't belong. Yes. You can go to Best Buy and get a pre-built uh, pyramid if you really. Well, no, that's it. just yeah. expensive. That's ridiculous. You can okay. put it together yourself. You can get your. You can get on like on slopedrockpartpicker.com. You can get great prices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would say if you're going to send us sloped rocks, send us new shapes. Don't send us any existing shapes. Just new shapes, please. Yeah, make Let's, up a shape and send it over. Make up a Have shape. Have they done a pyramid with a star base yet? I can't imagine that, that anybody's done that. 
It's, it's probably impossible. It's probably we'll impossible. A star cone? I don't even know what that would look like. Some sort of star-shaped cone? Doesn't make any sense. No. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that constitutes a lore boys. Lore boys. Lore boys. Out. Salutations. Out. My name's Ethan. If I could be any kind of Reddit armchair specialist, I would like to be a Reddit home inspector so I could judge other people's houses based on the safety in which their family lives. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm on, um, what's that Reddit with the dick costumes where people, uh, you guys know it? Uh, there's like a whole subreddit where people dress up their dicks in little costumes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm for it. Don't get me wrong. I was unaware yeah. of it heretofore. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. I can't remember the name of it. It's it's like maybe Dick Cosplay or something like that. It, it, I'll find it eventually. But um, I want to be a, an expert on that stuff. I want to know what the best costumes are, how much work goes into it before and after. Okay, like a male genitalia beauty pageant judge Reddit armchair expert. Fashion hey, stylist, yeah, yeah okay. all of it, yeah. A triple threat, okay. yeah. <laughs> dick enthusiast. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think the term is just dick enthusiast. Actually, now that I say it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that's uh, somebody who's a fan of dicks. <laughs> My name's Ethan. My favorite string is the G string. Oh, like the one. What's up, a woman's butt? Uh, my name's James, and my favorite string's the E string, because there's two of them. You, you lose one, you got another. Yeah, yeah, two strings at the same time. Yeah. Every man's fantasy. Yeah. Uh, my name's Peter. My favorite kind of bra clip is the one in the front between the boobus. I find that one a lot easier. I find them both pretty easy, I think. Like, if I'm putting on a bra, I'd rather the class in the front. Sure. Yeah. But I don't find it hard to put on the ones at the back. No. I mean, I don't find it too difficult. I'm really more invested in the undoing of it. I know I'm not married and I shouldn't be saying I that. I but... do love taking them, off, taking them off at the end of a long, yeah. hard day. You know what I mean? Just letting the girls out finally after, after working all day. Absolutely. <laughs> you got the I... boob sweat? Yeah. Going? Me and my sweater puppies. My name's Ethan. If I could put Bluetooth in any of my household items, it would be the toaster, so I could control toastiness at the drop of a hat. Pretty cool. If I could do Bluetooth in just about anything, I would probably do it on my fridge door, so I could be like, hey, uh, cl open that door. Hey, Sudoku me, please, <laughs> fridge. Yep. Fridge, I'm sudoku uh, You should be used for more than just liquids. Posture check, everybody get straight straight back, straight neck. Okay, straighten it. Straighten Tuck up that them chin necks. in. Straighten up them necks, boys. Tuck chicken. Tuck the chicken. Tuck the chicken. Chin in. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.